today on CityCast Madison. Madison journalist Bill Leaders didn't intend to get an up-close look at how public health responds to dog attacks. But that's what happened after his dog Stella was attacked by a much larger dog, a pit bull, left outside with no fence or leash. Recently, Bill wrote about the harrowing affair and the aftermath for Isthmus newspaper. His article poses more questions than answers. What should Madison do about dangerous dogs? And what do we do about the fact that one particular breed is responsible for the majority of attacks? It's Tuesday, October 17th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. Bill, thank you for joining us on CityCast Madison. Very good to be here. So tell us about Stella. Who who is Stella? Stella's our dog. She's uh, 13 years old. She's a mixed breed dog. We had the DNA test done at one point. Said she was 17 different kinds of dog. We thought she was kind of a terrier uh, and certainly in disposition. It looks a little bit like a terrier. She's lovely. We love her. I've met her. She's a nice dog. Yeah, she's a really nice dog. She's smart. She's funny. She's athletic. Does tricks, gets the paper. Yeah, she gets the paper every morning, runs out, brings it back in her mouth. So you're, this spring, you're out for a walk on the north side. Yeah, May 4th. With uh, your wife, Linda, and Stella. Stella's on a leash. It's a public sidewalk, right? Yep. Okay, so what happened next? All right, we were on Northport Drive. We had just walked to a neighborhood park, Lakeview Park down the street. And we were on our way back after we'd walked around the the park a bit, uh, we're maybe a mile from our home. And there was a pit bull that we had passed uh, on a property on our way to the park. And we noticed, kind of wondered, does it look like it wasn't on a leash, which is kind of crazy. It must have been on a leash. We just couldn't see it. But um, like in a front lawn. Yeah, it was a front lawn, a house that was set back a little bit off of Northport Drive. And on our way back, the dog just charged, just broke and charged down toward us and toward Stella. And next thing I know, it had Stella in its mouth. It just, these huge jaws had just grabbed her on the side and it was like shaking her. It just had her in its mouth and was shaking her. And I jumped on the dog as much as I could. I had it by around its neck and I was grabbing at its collar and I was pounding it in the head and I was trying to do everything I could to like strangle it or pull it off. Because Stella's in this dog's mouth. Yeah, it it was. At some point, the collar came off. It tugged its head and the collar came right off in my hand. The attack itself was probably like a minute, maybe, maybe about a minute. It felt like longer, but that's probably what it was. And eventually it let go. After the collar was off, it let go. And uh, we kind of gathered Stella up, and there were people who had stopped uh, who were driving by in Northport Drive. Several cars stopped, and uh, somebody was trying to get control of the the dog. No one could make it uh, come back to it. And by the time we left, we accepted a ride from someone who would, wanted to take us home or to the vet or wherever. The dog was still not under control. It was still They were still trying to, to gather it up. Uh, so I never saw the owner. I never, by the time we left, it was still running about uh, by the street there. And when and was there blood or like how? There was a little bit of blood. What happened is they, the dog tore off, this pit bull tore off a, a big patch of Stella's fur on her side, um, on her left side. It just ripped away all of the fur, a little bit of the flesh. There was some bleeding. It wasn't bleeding terribly, but it was just this huge 
bare spot where it bit. Uh, there were a couple of other bite marks. There's a bite mark on her neck, and there was bruising, some significant bruising that the uh, the vet found. But this good Samaritan drove us home, and um, we uh, got into our own car, and we drove to the emergency vet clinic out by the Beltline. Uh, we were there for about six hours, still about midnight. Stella is okay now. Well, okay. Uh, she had this big tear in her side, and we had to yeah. wait a long time to be seen. There were two other people there among the four people that we saw come in in our time there who were there because of pit bull attacks. One of them had just happened. It was a lesser wound than what Stella had had. And one was a dog that had been bitten a week before. But eventually they put Stella under and they sewed up her wound and they put a, a, a tube in to her side for fluid and blood to drain and bandage around. And we had to change the bandage several times a day and uh, make sure that it that stayed clean and it didn't clot up with blood or pus or other fluids that came out. Um, they put a cone around her head, which lasted all the way until we got into the car and I took it off. I never put it on her again. She just was so miserable with that. It was so scary to her. Yeah. And it was, fortunately, the wound was at a place that would be very hard for her to bite, but still, we were with her night and day, 24 hours a day. Uh, so this was way more than like a flesh wound. Like this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a significant wound. Yeah. And so when this, when this pit bull came, it just charged right towards Stella. It wasn't right. like a beeline. Okay. I wish I had the presence of mind to scoop down and picked her up. Uh, I don't know if it was still would have gone after her in my arms, but um, it would have been the right thing to do. And now when we walk with our Stella anywhere, we're ready at a moment's notice to scoop her up. You could see why. Um, and so public health, Dane County, they ended up being dispatched there, right? Someone else called. Someone who was yeah. there called in and reported that there was um, a dog snarling and people screaming. That was the dispatch note. And um, it got routed to Sherry Carr, who was uh, with Public Health Madison and Dane County and one of the animal control people uh, who tried to make contact, came by actually, asked for police backup before she went to the house, but the cops said they didn't have anyone, so she went alone to the house where this pit bull had been. Turns out there are two pit bulls who live there. She knew that because the person who had called it in had said that the owner had came down and had explained that yeah, he had two pit bulls in his house and that they had to be kept separate from each other at all times because otherwise they would attack each other. I mean, imagine that, having two pit bulls so violent that they can't be together although they live in the same house. Anyway, so the uh, animal control officer, uh, Carr, went to the house and tried to make contact and nobody answered the door. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until the next day that she made contact with the owner, and the owner was said he was apologetic, and he knew that he'd have to keep the dog on a leash. He said he had an electronic uh, fence system with an electronic shock collar, which is totally inappropriate for an, an aggressive dog. Those uh, systems are not meant to contain aggressive dogs. They warn you that a million times over before they let you buy one of these systems. Um, so that's, that's not a substitute for... Yeah, it basically oh. amounted to to no control. Okay, so public health, what's supposed to happen when, when a dog attacks another dog like this? Well, first of all, they issued fines. There were two citations uh, that were issued to the owner for an attack off property, and the fines came to, I think, a little bit more than $300. They produced a report, which, um, you know, 
I had I spoke to Sherry Carr and others. The owner talked to her, and uh, she gathered what information she could, put it into a report. They opened what's called the Dangerous Dog Investigation, mm. uh, which I hadn't known was done. It's kind of interesting. What it consists of is, first of all, they make a site visit. There was assigned to a uh, another person with uh, Madison and, and Dane County, Shannon Meyer, who is a, a lead um, animal control person there, and she made a uh, visit to the residence to see the, the the dog and knocked on some doors, left questionnaires with people who weren't home so that neighbors uh, are asked to, you know, fill out the, the form and, and send it in to, you know, say whether they have any concerns or uh, about this dog to report, you know, whether this dog is a neighborhood menace or if, whether they're afraid of it or, or, or whatnot. They gather that information. At the end of a dangerous dog investigation, they can make a determination that it is a dangerous dog and then require that certain things be done, you know, build a fence, uh, go through training. And Meyer told me that in the case like this, training isn't going to do it, that in a dog this aggressive has to be managed for uh, aggression uh, for its entire life. You're never going to get to a, a, a way to train this dog to not have an instinct toward Violence, so you have to come up with other remedies. Well, you know, it's been almost five months now. That investigation is still open. They did insist this dog be be neutered, which hadn't been done. That uh, statistically makes a dog more likely to uh, attack if it's not been neutered. So that was done just, you know, last month. Uh, after several months, the owner said he was trying to find a new place to live. And they're keeping the investigation open to see what that new place to live is whenever... Uh, it is is found and make that part of the final uh, determination. At one point, they notified me that they called the owner's mother, who lives in the same residence, and she said uh, that they're uh, keeping a, a good eye on the dog when they let it outside, and they're changing the batteries of the electronic um, collar more often. You know, after this guy said, I know I can't use the collar anymore, I have to put it on a leash, tether it at all times. He wasn't doing any of that. They were just uh, changing the batteries more often in the, the collar. I asked Meyer, but they, are you serious? Is this really okay? And she said, well, that's not, I'm not saying it's an okay solution. I'm just telling you what they told me that they're doing. We yeah. can't order them to do anything until we conclude our investigation. So to, up until this moment, they still don't have the authority to tell the owner to do something uh, that uh, they're not willing to do. Is the dog to blame here? Are the owners to blame here? I mean, what's the remedy that you think would have prevented this? I don't know. I hesitate to blame a dog. And like I wrote about this in this newspaper, this whole situation in the article, you know, I tried to see it from the dog owner's point of view. Like he, he came by and he said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for what happened. That must have been traumatic. I mean, he tried to see it from my point of view. And I wish I had re- returned that favor to, you know, to see how this guy might just be some guy who loves his dog and, you know, and is trying to find a way to keep it, even though it's demonstrated this propensity toward violence. But he also told me this is my fifth pit bull and I've never had any problems before. And that was a lie. It wasn't true. I knew from the report that a year or two before, the dog that attacked Stella, the pit bull that attacked Stella, had bitten him. 
when he tried to pull it off of a, another dog that it was attacking, turned on its own owner and, and bit him. Since the attack on Stella, there's been another incident involving the two dogs at the same residence. They got into it somehow. And so at last report, the dog that bit Stella is being kept in a crate in the basement at all times as a stopgap solution, which I find kind of mind-blowing as well. Well, it's hard not to come out of this with thinking, having um, a bias against pit bulls. Some people think they get a bad rap in that, you know, there's a lot of even racially charged um, connotations with, you know, saying pit bulls are dangerous and nobody should own them. What did you think about? say nobody should own them, but statistically, pit bulls are more likely to attack people and other dogs. If you look at the fatal attacks on human beings committed by dogs in the last whatever years, Mm -hmm. 60% of them were by dogs that were pit bull or, or or pit bull mixes. The the nearest other dog was Rottweiler at 7%. So, I mean, that number shows that there is a, a statistical inclination uh, toward aggression on the part of these dogs. Also in, in Madison and Dane County, I think since 2017, there have been 12 attacks that resulted in the death of an animal. Of those 12 attacks, six of them were pit bulls. Uh, no other breed accounted for, for more than one. Uh, of the attacks, but pit bulls accounted for half of them. And what did the the public health officials you talked to, what did what did they share with you about pit bulls? Uh, the care told me when I talked to her, I wish people would stop denying the genetics of these dogs. Hmm. She said everyone that worked there uh, just wished that people would recognize that there was a reason to be concerned about this breed of, of dog because they see it time and again. They investigate these cases where pit bulls in particular have attacked other dogs and people. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times people get bit. When we were at the emergency vet clinic, we met the woman who came in with the infected dog and we talked with her for a while. I mean, we were there for hours. We had time to talk about a lot of things, but she told us that her dog had been attacked by a pit bull at a dog park in Lake Mills and that the dog's owner had come to pull the aggressor dog off as it was attacking her dog, and the dog turned and it bit her in the face. She said it bit off her face from the nose on down, ripped off all of the skin in attacking its own owner. And this woman who had, according to the woman we met at the emergency clinic, had two toddlers at home and intended to keep the dog. You don't think of dogs as as, as, as almost being like a weapon. There is legislation that would specifically take away the right to own a dog that's been determined to be dangerous for the same logic as they can't own a gun. Why should they have a dog that attacks? The owner of the dog that attacks Stella is a convicted uh, felon and I believe falls into the category that would be denied the ability to own a dog that's been determined dangerous, which his dog has not been determined dangerous, at least not yet. Yeah. Uh, it's only been five months. What can be done about, do you think it needs to be targeted towards pit bulls or are we just- No, de- I, I don't think so. I'm not sure that the way things work are, are you know, manifestly wrong. I yeah. mean, I'm surprised that the uh, amount of deference that the public health people seem to show for the owners of, of dogs that- attack that they're willing to a large extent to work with them to address it rather than yeah. just you got to get rid of that dog or that dog has to be euthanized that's not their go-to approach it's how can we work with this person to minimize 
the threat that their dog poses, which I, I think, you know, there's a reason why, uh, for seeing it that way. You know, if, if Stella ever bit anyone, I, I would want some mercy to be shown toward her. It hasn't happened. I yeah. don't think it will, but they do um, work with people. Maybe it makes sense to preclude certain people from having dangerous dogs. Maybe it makes sense to increase their authority to uh, order training or fences or uh, some other mitiga- mitigation. Maybe they need more resources to do their job. These people, the animal control people that I worked with, they seem to work at all hours of the day and night. And they're overwhelmed with the dog attacks they have to, to deal with. There's been 4,000 dog attacks uh, in Madison and Dane County since 2007, either on people or on other dogs. That's averages out about 500 a year. So, you know, they're busy. They're probably too busy. You've owned dogs for a long time. Was Were you worried about this before this attack happened? Like, were you? Not really. No, I, I didn't think of it, but I think about it now all of the time. Yeah. Uh, so everywhere we go, we assess the danger. We see another dog, uh, you know, yeah. we're at, at the ready to, to pick Stella up. And, you know, I, I hate that. You know, the other day I looked on Amazon and I saw these pepper spray for dog repellent things, a little thing, you put it on your belt loop and it's at the ready, you just pull it and spray and it goes 20 feet and it's it's directed and it's supposed to take down, uh, a dog. you know, I don't know, I didn't buy it, maybe I will, but I don't really like the idea of preparing for a walk around the neighborhood like I would a military mission, you know, where's my weapon? So just after this experience, I mean, do you think this is a problem with dogs, a specific kind of dog, or, or ultimately people? that perhaps um, maybe are well-intentioned and love dogs too? I would put it on people more than I would on dogs because I like dogs more and I like people. Bill leaders, everyone (laughs) should read uh, your article in Isthmus. It it left me very unsettled. It doesn't seem like we as just a city have a very good system of dealing with this. What's your takeaway for this story? I'm glad that we're more vigilant now, but I kind of regret that I think we have to be. I kind of wish that we weren't in in a, a world where people got dogs that are notably and conspicuously dangerous and keep them even time and time after they show that they're aggressive, not deadly. It leads too often to tragedy uh, and leads too often to robbing people of their sense that they could go for a walk with their dog in their neighborhood. That's the biggest consequence for me, is that it robs you of your sense of security. Bill, thank you for talking with us today. Thank you. That was Madison journalist Bill Leaders. If you'd like to read his story in Isthmus, you can find the link in our show notes. And here's what else Madison's talking about. F-35 jets. The Wisconsin Air National Guard says it's conducting training flights this week and next, so you may be hearing even more noise from military jets. These training flights could also be later in the day than is typical, with jets taking off and landing as late as 8.30 p.m. The training flights run until Wednesday of this week and then start up again Monday, October 23rd through Thursday, October 26th. And... 
who will succeed longtime Dane County Executive Joe Parisi after he retires in May. Mass and State Representative Sheila Stubbs tells WISC-TV that she has no immediate plans to run for the county's top post. Earlier this year, Parisi nominated Stubbs to serve as the director of Dane County Human Services, but the appointment was rejected by the Dane County Board after a heated debate. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Dylan Brogan. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with someone who remembers Price of Right host Bob Barker's famous sign-off line. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, 